0: On this week's episode, Moonfall crashes hard at the box office, what could be in store for us for GTA 6, and is Sifu the indie video game hit of 2022? All this and more as we once again delve into the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: Welcome to the pop
0: culture cosmos and we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos this is gerald Glasper from pop culture cosmos game source inside sports fantasy football and the lakers fast break we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review I'm actually trying to go ahead and rub the camera with five so we can go ahead and give everybody out there the knowledge to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. And we also want to let you know that we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. Just to let everyone know, we're running a game right now concurrently. We're actually competing against each other right now because there's a great game that DM Mitch has going on right now on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. So please go ahead after you see us, go ahead, check out the rest of the game there. It's really cool. Plus we also have games during the week, Demolition Force, There's also as well Vampires and Vitae you can check out. So many great things to check out here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you do support us there, popculturecosmos.com or anywhere else, the Pop Culture Cosmos on social media, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without a good friend. Still on hiatus is Josh Peterson. I know he's still (laughs) like my guest here handling a newborn and in fact i was talking to him last night it's funny because his young one just brand new to the world couldn't give him a word in edgewise because all i heard "Eh, eh, 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 eh." but he is a good man indeed that's with me today he has been on the pop culture cosmos all over the place in the past couple months and you got to check that out plus the lakers fast break he stopped by to talk about russell westbrook and what's going on with the lakers there he is a guy that helps us out here so much at the pop culture cosmos it is tj johnson and tj good to have you here my friend and i've just realized i am severely underdressed
1: (laughs) no man you look good you look comfortable you look okay okay i've got this is okay okay well i've got i've
0: got rogue one going on okay
1: All right, this is my Tom Thibodeau acquire right here.
0: Okay. Well, yes, as per our conversation. So hopefully you check that out at the Lakers fast break. I will just say again. Yes. A lot of NBA coaches should stay with the (laughs) NBA outfits that they wear the nice casual stuff that goes out that you can actually buy at the NBA store because I think it's a great way to promote the product. And then there are some that, yes, maybe they should go back to suits. But (laughs) I'll let you decide out there which ones should go ahead and do which. Yes. But we've got a great episode on tap. We're going to be talking about a lot of great things, including what could be very well the surprise of the video game world this year. A game that if you got a chance, we dropped the teaser for the live action teaser for this game on the Pop Culture Cosmos it is Seafood. So we're going to be talking about that coming up. That's a very, very good-looking martial arts game that a lot of people are really excited for. It's actually not from a big-name studio. This is actually a great concept. Small studio has a good director behind it that actually directed the live-action features. So go ahead and check out Seafood, and we're going to talk about that coming up this week. It's got a lot of advanced reviews that are really high, so... Really going to talk some good things about Sifu, plus also as well, GTA 6 finally got announced by Rockstar. Gee, that's the worst kept secret because everybody (laughs) knew that GTA 6 is already in development, but they just confirmed it officially. So we're going to talk about what we're looking for for GTA 6, but I know TJ has some thoughts on what he would like to see with GTA 6, but we're going to be talking about GTA 6 coming up here in a bit. Plus also as well, we've got a lot of great things on tap, including stuff like the weekend box office. I want to hear what TJ's been doing as far as his pop culture lately. I know that there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the world, but also I want to talk about the Olympics and Olympic viewing is down. So we're going to speculate on why Olympic viewing is down so far into the Olympics. So we're going to talk about that coming up on the show. Plus also as well, we're going to be talking about even more great things, including some Dying Light 2. More thoughts on this because it is the first triple A video game release of the year. We're going to be talking about that as well. And I'll tell you what, it's just a great time. My good friend is here. So please sit back and enjoy what we're doing right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But first, my friend, it is the weekend box office here domestically, which we always seem to go by. And people ask, why do people like us, go ahead and focus in on the weekend because that's when the majority of people are watching movies and that's when the bulk of the money that these movies make during the course of the week, that's when mostly it's made. And this weekend for Jackass Forever, was actually a good final outing for the original crew. I don't know in what form or fashion they will continue the Jackass series, whether it's TV or movie. I'm assuming they might go ahead back down to TV because the new crew that they initiated for this year boy do they initiate new crew members that's for sure that probably will evolve into something maybe into a tv series like the old days on yeah. um, paramount plus now that they have that but the movie series with johnny knoxville and the whole gang that debuted this weekend at the box office with a sterling 24 million dollars it actually exceeded expectations and in a pandemic era where people are still hesitant to go back and see something other than a superhero movie it is nice (laughs) to see that a little movie like this can still get a nice chunk of change. You know it's it's it's
1: it's one of those it's fun, it's a little throwaway. Let's just go see something else that's not MCU related. I'm sure Martin Scorsese and Ronald Emmerich are excited about somebody seeing something that's not MCU related, whatever. And we'll talk Um, about
0: that coming (laughs) up here in a second.
1: Yeah that's a little that's a little teaser. But you know what I, I can't pretend like I was a huge fan of the jackass tv series or if i've seen in full any of the prior jackass No, you just hit to Um, the right to
0: the good stunts
1: yeah man like if if i want to see something that that i know is going to be funny i'll 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 look for that specifically but you know i i think it's pretty cool that some of these shows and some of these guys are still doing this stuff i have to imagine though i I don't want to be as old as they are still trying to pull off some of these stunts and some of the ridiculous things that they do at this stage in their life and career i think i'm okay i know johnny Knoxville had a bit of a uh, a movie career where he did some films he did one with the rock and and walking tall and uh, he had a couple other films out there so i know he, he kind of ventured off into his own thing at some point but it's cool to see some of these shows come back it's not my cup of tea but it, you know it'd be fun to kind of maybe see a couple stunts every now and then
0: Well, it's a good win for Paramount because it's actually a movie that takes very little money, comparatively speaking. I mean, my God, I would love $10 million, but it only costs around $10 million to do that type of stunt-filled movie. And Mm -hmm. to see that it's already earned back its investment, you could probably assume even including with it on the back end as well, the media cost and the production cost Mm -hmm. as far as going ahead from advertising, things of that nature, That's already being made up this weekend, and now the rest of it's run. You can just focus in on trying to get some profits for Paramount. That's actually a big win for a small movie like this. I understand that Jackass has been out several times over the course of this century, but still, you got (laughs) to consider it a big win. And I'll tell you what, it's something that maybe is giving some signs that the box office is going to broaden a little bit more. I'm not going to say it's going to get back to where it once was, back in 2019 because as we've seen romantic comedies we've seen musicals we've seen smaller films we've seen those indie films we've seen the oscar contenders all these small or midline films fall by the wayside at the box office and i'm not going to say that right now that that this problem is solved now that things are getting a little bit better in the ongoing crisis that's the pandemic and all that i think the numbers are starting to trend in the right direction as of now but right. i think that it's at least a sign that people are willing to go ahead and see or go out to the movies to brave a little bit more than what they did say two three months ago
1: well absolutely and i think you know jared that's that's a great point this pandemic has been uh excruciating has been debilitating you know it's hard to go out and and do stuff and it's hard to go out and, and enjoy yourself without thinking in the back of your head, do I need to worry about where I am? Do I need to worry about is if my mask is up to the new CDC guidelines for the most optimal usage of a mask, is N95, whatever the number is now. Point is, it's been a tough couple years. So yeah. I agree with you. I think people are, are looking for a, a breakout. I mean, heck, Spider-Man is still selling gangbusters in the box office and it's been out
0: for uh, quite a bit of time now. So Yeah, by next to week, show that maybe. There's a, Mm -hmm. that it could pass avatar for the domestic box box office as far as it's concerned yeah all time so that could be i think would make it number three in the domestic u.s all time still around the world nothing's going to beat avatar anytime soon i think that's on a a far as not only worldwide basis but also as well overall all time but it gets closer and closer to that bond to 2 billion mark and i think when you, people look back and historians look back in perspective on Spider-Man mm-hmm. No Way Home, they will see this probably as even a higher amount. Because you got to look at the ratio of people attending movies now to, comparative to where they were watching it or they had the ability or even desire to watch movies back in when Avatar in, in 2008, I think, when Avatar came out, or in 2019, when avengers Endgame came out i mean the the world was so much in a different place and not as many people are willing to go to the movie theaters so that's what makes spider-man's no way home their run very much so much more incredible
1: absolutely absolutely and you know you just enjoy seeing this cast of characters together you just enjoy like even watching tom holland's genuine response to finding out that they are that close to avatar domestically Uh, I got to see a clip of it where he found out that how close they were. He looked genuinely surprised and genuinely just uh, excited about the possibility and just also very, very humbled and thankful. So that was pretty cool.
0: Let's hope he's still humble and thankful here in a couple weeks when Uncharted drops because that's going to be the true test for him to see if he actually is a box office star because people are saying that there's a lot of box office eyes in Hollywood and in in the movie industry about – if he can front something other than the spider-man this is a thing that we've seen from all these marvel actors where they can go ahead and go into these other movies are they really successful chris hemsworth you talk about his Mm -hmm. box office success outside of the marvel universe it has not been a a great one in fact his greatest success as far as from a popularity standpoint is on netflix with extraction Extraction. yeah yeah And, and now extraction 2 that's on the way so you're seeing this this evolution of where we're going as far as the movie theater is concerned and how people are watching movies. And if people are going to be watching movies in the same account. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, Check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. And then you have the bad news with Moonfall, a movie that took about $140, <laughs> 150000000 million to make a movie that is probably going to, if make any money, it's going to make it outside of the domestic or U.S. charts because it only made a paltry $10 million in its first weekend, came out to scathing reviews. And this is not surprising because the director, Roland Emmerich, who just this week on Den of Geek bashed, Like so many other directors out there have bashed the Marvel and Star Wars universe, uh, claiming that, you know, this has just been something that I think a lot of people have been, you know, all these directors are talking about. But he said that the Star Wars and superhero movies are ruining the industry a little bit. Well, you know what's ruining the industry a little bit? trash like moonfall that keeps on appearing yes. <laughs> that he keeps on making because this is not the first time i mean independence day that's great it was a you know a fun film that's a yeah. true popcorn cinematic film that people enjoyed cheesy lines whatever it's got a lot of a lot of tropes in there but still the special effects at that time it just buoyed it to a great performance financially and it's Absolutely. something that a lot of people will remember Absolutely. and it, and still holds up okay today. His career since then yeah. has been a rocky road, <laughs> to say the least. And I called him the modern day Irwin Allen on the previous show with Melinda Barkhouse Ross on the PC Multiverse, which hopefully everybody will check out because I'll get to check out our live game of Wordle as we went to and had to play. Did we win? You'll have to listen and find out. But, my friend, what are your thoughts on this? Because Moonfall, again, just came out to scathing reviews. That's not too surprising for Roland Emmerich Film. But it, I think the the roller coaster ride is done for Roland as far as making these types of films and people just automatically coming to see them. Yeah,
1: I, I think his run's been done. I think his best was by far the first Independence Day, not the second one. I don't even yeah. want to act like that one exists. That one, it doesn't, I don't even know what happened. Uh, no, it wasn't second Independence Day. But I believe his run is done. And, you know, you what you hate to see is you hate to see people have sour grapes about this kind of stuff. You know, the, the Scorsese, the Amerix, and everybody wanted to take shots at the, the Mouse House, the Disney and, and Marvel. And. And what they're doing and how they're destroying cinema and they're ruining cinema. The only thing that the Mouse House has done has given people what they clearly have shown a desire for. They've clearly shown a desire to watch Marvel Cinematic Universes. They've clearly shown a desire to watch these animated films that Disney does. And and all they've done was give them an avenue to enjoy that medium. So, you know, when you're on top, man, everybody wants to take shots at you and everybody's going to take their little 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 pew pew shots at marvel and and disney and superhero films in general the the genre that's fine you know everybody's going to have an opinion but the bottom line is this is what people are clearly as you look at the numbers for spider-man no way home this is clearly what people are looking for this is clearly what people are enjoying and it's one of those things either you know get on board or get out the way you have opportunity to make independent films and other films that you know obviously you have the opportunity to make moon so do your thing but understand that they know their audience and they know how to get to their audience and clearly you don't so instead of taking pop shots at at disney and marvel just appreciate where we are appreciate what people are looking for and then cater your style to that i mean it's it's as the content creator right you know the one thing that the 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 pandemic has taught a lot of people is how to be entrepreneurs for themselves, how to figure out ways to make money without being under in a retail environment or a boxed in environment, whatever the case may be, they found other ways to do it. And by doing this, they figured out what people are looking for and how to give it to them. In the spirit of that, as directors, as people that are creating these films, you have to understand what people are looking for. It doesn't seem like people were looking for moonfall. And to be frank, I didn't know what Moonfall was until just a couple weeks ago. So the marketing for Moonfall wasn't particularly great. I didn't know much about it prior to. You have to understand your audience and you have to be willing to adjust your style accordingly. The one thing that you can say about Michael Bay is he knows what he likes. He knows his audience and he's willing to give his audience what they like the entire time. He likes to blow stuff up. That's what yeah. he does. Michael Bay, but even we, his, you walk into a Michael Bay film, there's going to be profanity. There's going to be blowing stuff up. and even be quick cuts all fabricator. over the place.
0: Quick cuts, quick cuts, quick, yeah, cuts, quick cuts, cuts, quick cuts, quick cuts. cuts. But even his style he, of movies. He knows what he likes. He knows what he likes. But even his style of movies has not resonated with audiences as Lately. well as it Absolutely. once has. Like, and I think Absolutely. Ambulance. I don't know how you could make a Michael Bay movie out of an ambulance, but he has, and it's <laughs> on the way, and we'll be talking about that here in the coming months here yeah. at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So we'll find out and put that. And see if that puts it to the real test, but I want to ask this in regards to what we're talking about with the box office. I mean, these films now have a choice. I was reading an article about Moonfall and how they felt like they had no choice to go ahead but to put it out in the theaters and shun putting it out straight to a streaming service i don't mm. think that's the case because if you solicited out there a big budget movie like this with a well-named cast with patrick wilson and, and Halle berry and michael Pena, the thing is we saw that recently last year with the tomorrow war where amazon dished out two hundred billion dollars put a huge campaign marketing behind it. it, it you know. Even you, everybody got their packages with Chris Pratt's face all over it. The movie is absolutely horrible. It actually earned my worst <laughs> pop culture item of the year last year. It was so terrible. But yet, it achieved so many record numbers for Amazon and Amazon yeah. Prime. People checked it yeah. out. And to see these films like the 355, which is now ironically on amazon prime this week because it failed miserably at the box office and moonfall which will probably be out on the streaming service mm. in the not too distant future the way we perceive it could have been so much different if either of these films had gone on streaming services first yeah we
1: have to remember that we're in a different day and age where it's more than just box office dollars that de- that denote success of a film you know we also to look at things like clicks and views and again we consume media in a different way than we did back then so yeah. to expect us to continue to work off of just the box office dollars and cents is is, is a bit asinine in, in my opinion so had they gone to a streaming service then that would have caused people to jump to the streaming service to see exactly what it was about a la tomorrow war and then yes they may have decided that it was a terrible film all out of Tomorrow War, but it doesn't change the fact that people have come, they've watched the movie, they've seen it, they've had time to dissect it, and chances are they have a bit of an easier time dissecting and a bit of an easier time reviewing it if I'm doing it from the comfort of my own home, as opposed to me going out and spending 10, 15 bucks to get a movie ticket to go sit in the theater and see a movie that ultimately I didn't need, I didn't like to see. I'd rather be at home where I'd be much more comfortable and say okay i'll check out this movie that i've never heard of before that i don't know much about and may be willing to actually give it a little bit more time of day and more understanding because i'm in the comfort of my own home but no i, I have to go to a theater to see it and i don't like it i'm going to make sure people know about that so
0: some of the movies on netflix that have earned the highest amount of views are not the most well liked or reviewed yeah. movies for, for yeah. instance red notice red notice exactly. is a movie that's not as well reviewed is the most popular movie of all time on Netflix. And there are many others, Extraction, which we just talked about. That is definitely not going to be Oscar-winning fare when you watch (laughs) it. But it is a movie that resonates with audiences because it was a high-profile release on Netflix. And that's something I think that these movie companies are going to have to come to grips with if it doesn't test well initially Mm -hmm. with audiences because they test these movies in advance. They have every opportunity Mm to Plus, also, these execs see these movies in advance. If you don't mm-hmm. think this movie going to fly with even the slightest hesitation, you might want to go ahead and solicit in the future some of these streaming companies because they're hungry for content. Yes. They are yes. hungry. Each week, we see the competition get bigger and tougher and more mm-hmm. names because Netflix is throwing 86 movies at us for the rest of 2022 and you see what's going That's on with sick. Apple and Disney and Hulu and all these That's other sick. streaming outlets. Yeah. It just makes no sense why you would want to throw a turd out there and for lack of a better term, like Moonfall, out there when you could have gotten the the view of it so much more if it'd been if it landed on a Netflix or an Apple Plus or something where it would have been the highest profile movie for at least the week or two weeks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think what these movie studios and these executives really need to understand is that you've got to be flexible. You cannot allow yourself to get into this this narrow mindset of, I'm going to release this film in theaters. The only way people are going to see my film is in theaters. And you know, it, it, it breaks my heart to have to release it digitally and blah, blah, blah. You know what? This is how people are consuming media. You have got to get with the times. Either you evolve or you're going to get left in the wayside. And you can't keep playing this stubborn, I'm only going to release the movie the way I want to release it and no other way because you got this vision. You want it to be seen on this massive screen. Everybody ain't trying to go see it on the massive screen. you got to figure out a way to do it. And again, if it doesn't test well, like you mentioned, Gerald, if it doesn't test well and these executives are seeing that it doesn't test well, you have got to be willing to pivot. You've got to be willing to say, you know what? Let's try a different direction. It's not going to test well, and let's just let's let's put it straight to let's put it straight to video. It's okay, it's okay. Every movie you make is not going to be Avatar. Every film you make is not going to be Avengers: Endgame. It's not going to be that, and that's okay. If it doesn't test well, then be willing to pivot because you've got to figure out a way to make your profit back. And by you going into this, by costing, what it was it? A hundred million to make, cost a hundred million to make or something to that effect. You have to find some way to make that back up because it costs you $140 million to make. We're not even talking about marketing. We're not talking about trying to get it out there. So now you're, you're ballooning to about what? 200 million, maybe at this particular point. Maybe. So if you would have sold that to, let's say Amazon for $2 billion dollars, You'd have at least made your money back and you'd have had people that were 200 to million. See it. That's
0: that's probably what the or going you, rate is for a movie. Yeah. Point is, Break even. if you'd have
1: sold it to anybody, if you'd have sold it, they you would have got that money back, at least that much back. Now, granted, is it the way everybody wants to see the film? Maybe not. If that's the way that you wanted everybody to see the film, maybe not. But it doesn't change the fact that you have got to be willing to evolve. You've got but to be willing to adapt your practices to fit the market that has a much more sophisticated palette and has a much more sophisticated desire of seeing films the way they want to see them. And if you're not willing to do that, you are not going to succeed.
0: And the thing with The Tomorrow War is, okay, maybe it cost $200 million to make or thereabouts, and they sold it for $200 million to Amazon Prime. The thing is, it got so many eyes watching it, despite the fact, yep. again, my personal feelings on it, they did the right thing because it got so many eyes on it that now they're going to make a tomorrow war two. And this is where the movie company makes money because they're going to make a sequel that they know is heading direct to Amazon prime, that they're going to put under a different kind of budget. And now that Amazon prime is interested in a tomorrow war two, they're going to compensate the movie company directly on that in a much more profitable way. So Even if your movie only gets a bid that will just cover the costs or close to it, the idea that if a lot of people watch it, because a lot more people that are watching on streaming are a lot more accepting of things that are out there, they just want content. They right now they just want content. They're not as choosy as they, you know, as the movies going to the box office because the environment. Watch something. Yeah, I'm stuck at home. Let's watch something. Yeah, absolutely, indeed, but those are our thoughts on the weekend box office if you have thoughts out there please let us know popculturecosmos at yahoo.com once again all compliments to jackass forever although i feel painful when i said that but again they win the box office here domestically Spider-Man No Way Home is heading towards record numbers and Moonfall is heading for a record downfall. But if you want to know more about what's going on with the box office each and every weekend, please go ahead and check out our Facebook page, Pop Culture Cosmos. But before we head to the break, my friend, I want to go ahead and update everyone. We're going to be talking about on the other side. Your thoughts on what's going on with the previews we saw last week for Gran Turismo 7 and also Ghost War Tokyo both PlayStation exclusives. One of them, Ghostwire, is going to be a timed PlayStation exclusive. So I'm interested to in hearing your thoughts coming up after the break on that. Plus, we're going to be talking Dying Light 2, Seafood, GTA 6, Olympic viewing, the whole nine yards. So that's coming up after the break. But before we do, my friend, what have you been watching? What are you excited to check out this week? You know, uh,
1: I have to admit, my wife and I have been Heavily enthralled in this show, it's kind of a guilty pleasure for us. We like the show called Power. You know, we've gone through that whole Power. Oh, this is know, the road, original the whole, power. power. Okay, this is the, the original, original power. power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the power. It, we're so up we to went number four. That. We went that. Yeah, right now we're on we're on Ghost, and we're getting ready to go into Force with um. Yeah, with, Power uh, Book
0: Four uh, Force. Yes. Uh, yep.
1: So saying that to say, uh, my wife and I are excited. We've we've been catching up with Ghost season two. And, uh we're getting ready to finish that once you and i are done talking we're gonna go and, and watch that and we're gonna start book four which is force and we'll start that as well so we've been completely enthralled with this power universe it's obviously' is fantastical and in no way shape or form do i encourage anybody to live that kind of lifestyle that is glorified and glamorized in this show but it's it's a show that we know that we it's just a gift it's a guilty pleasure of ours we just enjoy spending time together and and it's a it's a fun show to watch so we do enjoy that and I I grew my beard out because of Ghost so I said okay I'll I'll grow a beard too because he grew a beard and I think his looks better on him than mine looks on me but it doesn't change the fact that it's just a fun show to watch and we enjoy it so that's what's been consuming us lately and then obviously checking out whatever we can on Netflix and Amazon and Apple Plus just what we can but the big thing for us right now is power
0: oh there you go indeed I've been checking out this weekend what Melinda has asked me to go ahead and check out and that is The Legend of Vox Machina. I checked out all six episodes that are available. If you're into your Dungeon and Dragon Styles adventures, which are kind of of a mature nature, you might want to check that out. It's got a couple of little issues here and there, but otherwise the six episodes have flowed through pretty good. But I'll tell you what, a lot more to talk about. But right after the break, it's TJ Johnson coming right back at you here talking Gran Turismo 7 and Ghostwire Tokyo. His thoughts on this, are these games a good way to go ahead and get into the PlayStation? If you can find one, he'll share his thoughts on that <laughs> coming up after the break. Yeah, good luck on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Now you know why Sony's having some headaches over there. But we're gonna t- share our thoughts on both Gran Turismo 7 and Ghostwire Tokyo coming up after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show Season 2, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV
0: Canada. It's Gerald Glass for coming right back out here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you so much for watching and listening. After a sterling performance on last Friday's PCC Multiverse, where he talked about all the great things that he sees out of the mysterious sony bungie acquisition because of how mysterious it is that they're still going to be doing same old same old business and seemingly sony is just going to get nothing more than monetary gains on the surface but it's come to light since our conversation that sony has got deeper and bigger and larger plans outside of just playstation centric games so very interesting to see what happens there but he has returned to us going to talk about some things that are inside the realm of playstation notice how i transferred i see that how over. you did that well yeah. done you're a professional okay. oh my gosh <laughs> a professional what i don't know but he, he is tj johnson tj great to have you here we're going to be talking about gran turismo 7 the long standing and long running and once mighty king mm-hmm. of the video game racing games And then, of course, we have Ghostwire Tokyo, an interesting title from Tango Gameworks, which is now owned by Microsoft. But your (laughs) thoughts, you had a chance to see the state of plays for both Gran Turismo 7 and Ghostwire Tokyo. Your initial thoughts on each. Let's start off with Gran Turismo 7, because I want to talk a lot about Ghostwire Tokyo. I have a some things i want to say about that but grand turismo 7 is the playstation's premier racing game over the course of the years i mean you and i both know when we were kids or mm-hmm. much younger that when it first came out on the original playstation it was a just a i was actually probably one of the most if not the most popular game on the playstation oh, yeah. your thoughts though on grand turismo 7 after what you have seen so far and what has been played and the which the, is the lauding of what we've seen on the Xbox side with Forza Horizon five. Man. I know GT seven has got a lot of work to do. Truth be told, Joe, it, it's a, it's a fantastic looking game.
1: It, it might even be an understatement. It is a gorgeous game. I mean, the weather effects, the track, everything about It's just, it, it's photorealistic. I mean, it's racing games are usually the games that are used to kind of show off the power of the, Current-gen system, next-gen system, wherever in the generation you fall, usually the racing games, the Gran Turismo, the Forza Horizons, even the the need for speeds, they're designed to show off just how good those machines look. And Gran Turismo is no exception. It's just an absolutely breathtaking game. In the spirit of that, I don't know if I am willing to jump ship from Forza to Gran Turismo. Obviously, as you alluded to earlier, Gran Turismo was the racing simulator. It was yep. the racing simulator. There was nothing that came before Gran Turismo. I mean, I remember when Xbox tried to do Project Gotham Racing, couldn't touch it. I remember the Need for Speed's can't touch it. You know, And, and then that design to point being is that at one point in time, it was the absolute pinnacle. And then Microsoft kind of flipped the switch and figured some stuff out and started putting out the Forza Horizons and... Gran Turismo kind of went left, and Forza just kept going towards our collective hearts, and it has now taken over the top spot as far as my uh, my racing simulation fix. If I want a racing simulator, I'm gonna go Forza, and in Gran Turismo, they're gonna have to do a lot to garner that strong rabbit fan base again to prove that they're better than Forza. Again, if you're a PlayStation fanatic, you're you're salivating at the mouth for Gran Turismo, and you have every right to salivate not because chances are you're not going to play forza anyways because you're typically a playstation guy so you need that racing simulator but for somebody that has an option for somebody that has a choice to go between forza and gran turismo for somebody that has a choice to go between playstation and xbox it's going to take a lot for me personally for gran turismo to pull me away from forza
0: the other game that was showcased and shown off by playstation last week was ghost War of tokyo a game as we said in the beginning, was being developed and made by Tango Gameworks, which, at least since the beginning of the development of this game, Ghostwire Tokyo is set in Tokyo, the namesake, and basically a mysterious cloud covers the entire city and all of its inhabitants, and when it comes through, it passes by, all the inhabitants are turned into weird monsters of a supernatural nature, Even our hero has now gained supernatural powers, and it's up to him to go ahead and return the city back to normal once again. Can he do it? Or you as a player, can you do it? What I've seen so far, it's very stylistic. It's full of colors. The gameplay seems to be okay, The enemy count and the diversity, which they bragged about in the video, I don't see it yet. I mean, I saw a lot of umbrellas and the problem is I saw a lot of umbrellas (laughs) and I didn't see a lot of different type of umbrellas. I think I saw black and red. I think that was pretty much it, (laughs) male and female holding the umbrella while they're fighting you. And then of course there were three or four or five other different archetypes that I saw as far as enemies are concerned, but not as diverse as I wanted to see in that long of a preview your thoughts on Ghostwire Tokyo, to me, it has a little bit more to get before I would say it's a game I must play, but it's very intriguing to say the least.
1: I would say that Gerald, to be honest with you, it wasn't on my radar until, you know, you, you, you mentioned it to me. And I said, okay, I'll take a look at that. And while I still don't know if it's my kind of game, at least, interesting to me now now it's a I, first person really shooter
0: cute. but it's not a first it's a first person right. mystical game i should say
1: yeah it's it's it kind of is a little bit control e if you would yes that game control is kind of the way it some mm-hmm. of the the powers seem to work but i gotta admit i have a hard time with first person combat and i'll say that because i don't i don't know if it, I, don't, I really wouldn't call it a shooter i know it's designed as an fps but it's kind of more of a first person combat it doesn't seem like it's strictly just shooter Almost reminds me more of like a Bioshock type deal, if you will. Yeah. Um, so saying that to say, when it comes to first-person combat, there are, are not a lot of games that get it right. I think one of the few games that have tended to get it right was the original Dying Light, the first one. I think that was when I really got the the, the combat right. And obviously, I know that they came from the Dead Island team, so they knew what they were doing. You could even look at games like Skyrim, who when you put in first person it, it plays well in first person as far as the hand-to-hand and, and the fight is concerned so saying all of that to say i may not be their demographic. i may not be the demograph that ghostwire tokyo is looking for however there's enough that's got me interested the way the powers work kind of wanted to spend more time with these quote-unquote visitors as they're called that's what they are the, the monsters or the the zombies or whatever you want to refer to them it's enough to pique my interest but when you have games like the the recently released dying light 2 that just came out that have taken the first person combat and they do it so well you know it's going to be interesting to see how tokyo lives up to that comparison because the comparisons are going to come it's just a matter of of how they're going to compare but that's going to be your most comparable if you will (laughs) title to a tokyo ghostwire so I don't know. It's a pretty game. The game is gorgeous, but, you know, we're getting to the point now in this console generation where pretty is not going to be enough. Because every game that comes out that is designed for the PlayStation 5, the Series X, Series S is going to be, should be breathtaking, should be gorgeous, right? So it's going to need to be more than a tech piece or just a beautiful looking game to really capture people at this point people's palettes are going to be a little bit more sophisticated now Now we're looking for frames per second we're looking at how tight the controls are we're looking at the depth of our character development we're looking at how much bloatware is put into the game to kind of make it last longer but uh it's it's definitely piqued my interest i'm definitely more curious about it now than i was back then i'm really curious to see how the playstation supporters are going to want to grade this game once it does finally come out considering the fact that now it's a microsoft-owned company are they going to feel like microsoft might have sabotaged this game? i don't know and you know it, it gets petty and it gets childish and you try not to look at the comment threads and and the forums and on the igms or game spots of the world where they they talk trash about the stuff back and forth you don't want to read those comments but it does make it interesting to think what if Microsoft sandbags this one just a little bit to where it's not <laughs> what it could live up to be. And granted, if this thing ends up getting like a six point five review or a seven review.
0: And it's gonna be forgot
1: about it's it. going to come out. Damn, yeah, yeah. It, yeah.
0: It'll just go and just be wiped under the rug. And because only the big names survive when they're a, a six or a seven rated game as far as being yeah. able to sell sell consistently. Yeah. A game like Ghostwire Tokyo that has no previous ip history with the gamers out there outside of the studio that that created it that's a type of game that like you said if it's not a top rated game it's not going to keep the interests of players out there and will be quickly swept under the rug even if it's only one of the few playstation exclusives that's out there
1: right we'll see but we'll see i'm not sold but i'm i'm definitely more interested than i was prior to our conversation
0: there you go. All right, my friend. But it is very interesting indeed. It is Ghost War Tokyo and Gran Turismo 7. There are definitely some good previews, state of plays that are mm-hmm. available now. You can go ahead and check it out. We have the starting points for you on Game Source on Facebook if you want to go ahead and check them out. Both games are right around the corner. They're both March releases, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yeah, yeah yep. so yeah, I believe so. I want to thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on Ghostwire Tokyo and also as well Gran Turismo 7 at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's TJ Johnson, along with me, Gerald Glassford. But before we head on out, my friend, just cover the news cycle, what's coming up. Video games, we just covered a couple right now in Gran Turismo 7. We also covered Ghostwire Tokyo, PlayStation exclusives. And in the case of Ghostwire Tokyo, a time PlayStation exclusive. One game I really want to talk about is seafood, Sifu. S-I-F-U-S. That is a really, really good looking, independent, small team made, very outside of the box promoted martial arts action game. And I, for one, am very excited to see how successful this game is because this could be the next hot indie property. They showcased a live action trailer, which almost no one does anymore. Which was very interesting to see. It was actually a nice seven minute feature on a martial arts, just, you know, with a hero going in and get revenge for what happened to his family, Mm -hmm. the usual martial arts trope. But the way it was filmed, the way it was shot, (laughs) the martial arts involved was really cool. And the game has already earned some real praise out there. IGN just gave it a nine, and there's some really good reviews for it already. Your thoughts on Sifu, my friend?
1: You know, Joe, we talked about it very briefly prior to, and I have been excited about this game since I heard about it, since I initially seen the first concept trailer for it. It's very, very seldom that you get an opportunity to get excited about indie titles, right? And it didn't come off as like, this huge, big blockbuster game. And I think it's important for us as gamers to have those kind of smaller titles that still get you excited. I remember being excited about Guacamele. I, I love Guacamelee, one of my favorite games of all time. Just the sheer... Uh, absurdity of it and how much fun it is to play. So when I got a chance to see Sifu, I was extremely excited. One, I'm a huge martial arts film buff. So I love anything I that, that harkens back to the old martial arts films. So, Saying I have to say, I, I enjoyed games like Sleeping Dog. I enjoyed games like Jet Li Rise to Honor back on the PlayStation 2. I enjoyed the Blade game that used the omnidirectional fighting. I enjoyed the idea of hand-to-hand combat. And you just don't see that a lot in the video games nowadays anymore. Even going back to playing games like Streets of Rage. I just finished playing the newer one, Streets of Rage 4, maybe a couple months ago. And just really enjoyed the arcade style, but going back to just straight beat-em-up action. You don't run into those kind of games very often anymore. Every other game now has a gimmick and they all also have different styles and it's not so much hand-to-hand combat, which I think is when it's done correctly, can be such a beautiful thing. So I remember having that feeling and not really feeling that again until I played Spider-Man. Um once I played Spider-Man, you kind of got that same feeling. But yeah. I still wanted something that was a bit more gritty. Spider-Man was more fantastical and you obviously you use more superpowers and your web swinging and things of that nature i enjoy the idea of a good hand-to-hand brawl sleeping dogs was the closest one that i had recently where you're doing hand-to-hand fighting and you're using the environment so i think that one kind of correlates better to what a game like seafood is going to do seafood is obviously much more focused on the hand-to-hand fighting and not so much being a uh, gta kind of knockoff that sleeping dogs was but yeah. i'm really excited to dive into that world and and to experience that martial arts and honestly i i thought it was coming out later it's going to be coming out like like tomorrow like yes. february 7th depending on when you're getting the show so now that i know oh, i'm fired up man i can't wait till tonight
0: uh, to I get I hear
1: midnight you. releases yeah
0: i hear you my friend i think this is going to be one of the indie surprises for this year i think a lot yes. of people are getting some good advanced word and that trailer again really makes it more exciting so Please let us know yeah. out there if you get a chance, like TJ and hopefully myself, to check out Sufu. Please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, GTA 6, we've touched on a little bit that it's in production. Your thoughts on GTA 6, where do you want it to go? Again, this is something we've known that has been development for a long time. I mean, they, GTA yeah. 5, is, I mean, which has sold over 100 million units, one of the most successful video games of all time. That's been around for eight years, I think, 2014 release, if I'm not mistaken. Three console generations at this point. Yeah, so you don't even have to announce it. We know it's already in development. But your thoughts on where (laughs) GTA 6 could go, because GTA 5, which still has content being made for it, and is still going to get a next-gen console release here in the not-too-distant future, where could this series go from here?
1: You know, I think they're going to take it to space, man. I think at this point, you got to go Saints Rowish and start getting a little crazy. You start going into space. And, well, Saints Row is um, getting off the crazy. <laughs> but in all seriousness, you know, I remember back when GTA V came out. And I remember Hideo Kojima was still working on his last Metal Gear game. He got himself into a bit of a funk, a bit of a depression after playing Grand Theft Auto because he said that what they did was so perfect being able to interweave different lives into the same connective story and being able to jump between person to person based upon the particular point in time that they are during the story was done so masterfully. He was a bit depressed. He didn't feel like his game could live up to that. And they were both coming out around the same time. So in saying that, it's going to be very, very difficult. I'm very grateful that I am not in a position of trying to figure out where to next, especially for a series like Grand Theft Auto, because Grand Theft Auto does so much and it gets to touch on so many different genres you have a bit of a racing simulator you have combat simulating, you've got empire building if you will like there's so many things that you can touch upon in grand theft auto it makes it difficult to envision and i I have to imagine that that's what's making it so difficult or so time consuming to make grand theft auto 6 is one grand theft auto 5 is not slowing down in any way shape or form gta online has taken on a whole new life in and of itself. And then you've got the next gen of J which is supposed to be dropping in the middle of March. So there's so much more that's still coming from GTA V that Rockstar really doesn't have to do anything more for Grand Theft Auto VI right now because people are still consuming Grand Theft Auto V and Grand Theft Auto Online. So I don't know where this is gonna go next. I'm grateful that I don't have the position of needing to figure that out because I'd be in trouble. I'm hearing rumors that The Rock might have something to do with it though since he is making another video game film, as he's mentioned, that he plays the heck out
0: of all the time. There are rumors
1: it could be a Call of Duty. There's rumors he could be a Grand Theft Auto.
0: Time will tell, my friend. It's going to be very funny to see this GTA 6 come out and all these eyes are going to be on it. There's so much pressure on Rockstar to Mm -hmm. go ahead and surpass what GTA 5 did. You realize, though, if the game sells 50 million copies, which would make it one of the greatest all-time video game sales leaders if it mm-hmm. sells 50 million copies it would be a considerable failure by rock yes, that's
1: scary that is scary to think the pressure has got to be almost inconceivable at this point i can't imagine how you got to try to one-up grand theft auto 5 but if anybody can help you do it
0: dwayne the rock johnson can help I think they've got to go ahead and look outside the box this time around to do something a little bit different for GTA 6. Because, again, you've, you've done so much in GTA 5 and actually all the GTA universes up until the remake that just came out last year. That was so disappointing because the technical yeah. flaws in this GTA Definitive Edition that came out. Hopefully Rockstar will redeem itself with a good quality GTA 5 next gen release and then ultimately a GTA 6 whenever it comes out whenever uh, could be 2023 right. 2024 2026
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't know at this point, right Yeah
0: I mean GTA 5 is still making some cash so there's just no hurry for GTA 6 for Rockstar so nope. yeah I'll tell you what we'll see what happens but what are your thoughts out there on what you would like to see in a GTA 6 Please let us know. Popculture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, before we head on out, want to touch on one more video game and then the Olympics Dying Light 2. That came out this past weekend. It's garnered some praise. It's obviously the first AAA game that's really come out this year. So it's earned some decent sales. To what extent? We're not sure yet, because that always comes out later due to the MPD. Right. I know you want to spend some time in this universe, this parkour universe. I love the fact that it reminds me so much of the Mirror's Edge series that really never caught on on a large scale. And I was kind of disappointed because I love the look of that game particularly. Mm. It does give you choices like Mass Effect. And if you make a choice to go with one faction over the other, it gives you certain benefits over another. And one gives you benefits if you go that way. It gives you the choice of going ahead and traversing in combat, whether in the day or night cycle. A lot of variations there. It gives you a lot of depth on where you want to go. We talked about already 500 possible hours you could go ahead to complete everything with a campaign that could be 20 to 30 hours long, even more, depending on how you play it. Your thoughts on Dying Light 2 a little bit more, because I know you're ready to get into this first high-profile video game of 2022.
1: You know, I'm excited. I I try my best to, one, be as objective as I can when I come to look at playing these kind of games. Because as we talked about prior to, I I was never huge on a hand-to-hand combat in the first-person perspective video game. Still not my cup of tea. But I I do agree with you. I really did enjoy Mirror's Edge, and I thought that they really had struck some kind of gold with that. In my personal opinion, I thought that it it was a fantastic game. I think they just didn't know what they wanted to do with it. So, in retrospect now comparing it to something like a dying light too i'm really interested to see how they've evolved the gameplay i know they've added more parkour i know that they've added a bit more in in regards to the hand-to-hand combat my concern as you and i have kind of discussed is one 500 hours is a lot of time to spend. well that's if you want to complete
0: everything in it yeah
1: yeah but i'm a completionist at heart so I naturally want to complete everything yeah. as much as i can i remember pouring hours into arkham asylum trying to complete everything all the riddler challenges i didn't do it at arkham knight because that was a lot of Riddler challenges i i couldn't do it at arkham knight but i'm a completionist at heart so telling me that i have to spend 500 hours to complete this game potentially that's very very daunting and truth be told you've got to be a fan of this type of genre You've got to be a fan of first-person. You've got to be a fan of parkour. You've got to be a fan of of a bit of the zombie apocalypse to really get the most out of these kind of games. So for me, I'm going to enjoy it just because of what it is and because of my already uh, affection for Dying Light, the first one. So I'm going to enjoy it, but these niche kind of games like this and how the way that the Resident Evil series is now moving forward, again, it's becoming first-person, they tend to be polarizing. And this is why I think some of the reviews are yeah and some some reviews are eh, because of the fact that one it, it's not easy to pull off it's not yeah. easy to pull that kind of action off in the first person you have people that get motion sickness you have people that can't always just handle it having to try to keep their bearings in a game in, a, in an environment that's not a real and it, it's not an easy task to do for a lot of people so these games are automatically going to be kind of polarizing and it just makes it tougher so i'm excited to play it probably try to jump into it a bit next week now that i know seafood is coming out though it's gonna have to be after seafood because brother I, I'm, I'm ready for that one it's gonna be interesting to see we'll see
0: well we'll see what happens with Dying Light 2 but if you're spending any time in the world of Dying Light 2 let us know pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com yeah. well my friend it's been a great episode i cannot thank you enough as always for stopping by i know melinda barkhouse ross and i'll be talking a lot of things on the friday show the pc multiverse so catch that I don't know if we're going to be playing another live game of Wordle because it kind of made us both nervous whether or not we were going to fail. So we'll go ahead and see. But please join us this Friday for another action-packed week of the Pop Culture Cosmos right there on the PC Multiverse. But before we head on out, my friend, the Olympics is now underway in China. And a lot of people out there are checking it out. But not to the extent, I think, that NBC and a lot of other networks and stations around the world. were hoping because I can tell you for domestically in the US, the opening ceremonies were down over 40% from the previous winter Olympics. So I want to hear your thoughts. A lot of people are not checking out and they're visibly on social media saying that they're not checking out the Olympics. A lot of people in the U.S. are doing it for various reasons, whether it's just things on streaming, whether it's just too busy, whether it's for political reasons. Yeah. I know there's a mixture of each, but why do you think there is such a downtrend in watching Olympics?
1: You know, I, I you hate to say it, but I think it's for all the things that you've already mentioned. I think that people have their own agendas. They have their own political ideologies and beliefs. They have their own ideas and their own really choices and what they want to use as entertainment. The truth of the matter is, it is down big time. I think there was just 7.2 million that watched the first day of the Olympics from China and that's down over 50% from 2018 and down 64% from 2014. So the trend is not good by any stretch of the imagination. I think that truthfully, I, I think the political climate that we find ourselves in right now has much more to do with us not having the desire to watch the Olympics. I don't know that for certain, so that's, this is not a, absolutely, but this is just my personal opinion. I think that us and the discourse that we have as a, as a country need something like the Olympics to really get behind, but I don't think that people really seem to care right now. I used to be a big fan of watching the Winter Olympics. Truth be told, I used to enjoy watching the Christian Yamaguchi's and I love the figure skating. I I love shuffle where they they throw the puck down and you guys are going and you're trying to shuffle it to go a particular direction or to go a particular distance. And I, I, I used to enjoy watching all that and I haven't tuned into one thing this year. One, I, I you kind of forgot that they were coming. There's so many other things yeah. going on in the world that I lost track of the fact that the Winter Olympics were going to be this year they, and they come every four years. So, you know, you should know, but no nah, I lost track of the fact that they were coming this year. I think that there's just a lot going on right now, and I think people are just really preoccupied with their own worlds—be it jobs, be it politics, be it whatever the case may be. Everybody has their own ideas of what they want to consume there, and right now, the Winter Olympics just isn't—it's it. it's just not exciting. There's nothing that's extremely exciting for us to watch in regards to that right now.
0: I don't blame anyone for not wanting to watch the Olympics. And there's so much, like you said, that's out as well, that's competing with it, that might be more attractive to watch Mm -hmm. than what's going on overseas. It it is kind of disappointing. It's not just here in the U.S. It's all over where numbers are down across the board. But a lot of people out there are just going through a lot right now in our society with everything that's going on, like you said, with the political discourse, with coronavirus, with everything that's going on. But it is the olympics it's going on right now nbc peacock and everywhere out there worldwide on your local stations but what are your thoughts on the olympics please let us know pop cosmos at yahoo.com well my friend it's been great having you here thank you so much for joining us i know you got to take care of your young Amen. one yourself but any last thoughts before we head on <laughs> out
1: you know brother i'm just grateful for the opportunity to be here and can't wait to do it again man we'll be talking about seafood coming up and and more Dying Light and and other great pop culture references that we'll be talking about here very, very soon.
0: Always great to have you here, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for TJ Johnson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great,